Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover, financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation, serving you here in the Kansas City area from his office in Overland Park. Make sure you find him online at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. Anytime you're listening to the show or the podcast, you hear something that piques your interest. If you have questions or concerns, reach out and give them a call before you take any action at 913-685-3207. That's 913-685-3207. You always want to check with a financial professional before you take any action. And Steve's been helping families for more than 20 years. He's been in the financial services industry. So make sure you reach out to him. Steve, buddy, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Fantastic. Good to hear. So we were chatting just before we started this and Steve's a little tired because he's moving. And that's always fun, right? Oh, it's a joy of my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you try the, you know, when we guess we get older, you know, the, hey, calling your buddies and saying, you know, free beer and pizza, this doesn't seem to work, does it? Like it worked no, when you were old, 20. They're, yeah. they're old like me and they don't like to feel that way. So they just basically say, pay somebody. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking about that. I was like, the days are gone of that work. It used to be kind of fun, but boy, moving is not a lot of fun. So I don't envy you that, but hopefully it all goes well. It will. I'm looking, it, it'll be done here in a few weeks, so we'll be all good. Very good. Very good. Well, hey, let's have our conversation today about 401ks, all right? I'd like to discuss maybe some weaknesses, if you will, some things we can talk about in this area. You know, the 401k obviously is a powerful retirement savings tool, but it is not perfect. So let's talk about a few weaknesses that maybe folks should be aware of for the 401k or or 403b or TSP or whatever, right? The alphabet soup, if you will. Administrative costs. Let's start there. What's your thoughts? They can be very expensive. 401ks typically, if it's not a large plan, tend to have additional fees that a plan, like a simple IRA plan that a company has, doesn't incur. Gotcha. There's record-keeping fees, there's third-party administrator fees, and there are also fees coming off the mutual funds as well, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But So you add all those fees up, and you can be looking at 2 to 3%. Now, over the, the last few years, they have gotten a little bit better. They've also have disclosed those fees. But there are still a lot of fees, and there are a lot of old plans that just are riddled with fees. So you have to understand that if you're being charged 2% a year in your account, then if the fund goes down 10%, you're going down 12. If it goes up 10, you're only getting 8, if that makes sense. So that 2% is there whether you make money or not. So making sure and understanding what kind of fees you're paying is very important. And it's kind of interesting. The plan administrator, that's the person who is in the company, who signs the documents, not the advisor, not the brokerage house, not the insurance company, but the person who is in the company that is classified as the plan administrator takes on what's called a fiduciary responsibility. Okay. And they have to make certain that the fees are reasonable that they're charging. Also, they have to make sure the funds that people have available to them are good funds, have good performance, et cetera. If they don't, and this has happened, believe it or not, to American Express by their own employees and by Fidelity, the fiduciary was sued because they did not manage those fees and 
also put proprietary, their own funds in the plan and kind of restricted what funds they could get into. So you bring all the fees together and the fiduciary responsibility. It's a huge piece of these plans. Yeah, absolutely. So the administrative cost is certainly an area you want to focus on. And we'll say numerous times as we go through the podcast over the next coming weeks that sometimes we'll touch on these things. But sometimes if you move jobs and change jobs, leaving a 401k behind also can be very costly in in, uh, those orphaned accounts. And we'll maybe touch on that in a couple of weeks. But how about mutual funds? The fact that a lot of times this is primarily what is uh, the basis of a 401k. It is. And what I find a lot of times in the plans that that I look at, because I, I manage a lot of 401k plans for my clients mm-hmm. just to give them advice on where to put money and, and how to allocate it. It's amazing to me how poor some of the, the funds are. I mean, they are absolutely just dreadful. Performance has been dreadful. The management is, is dreadful. The fees are high. So it's really just kind of amazing of, of what they put into these plans. Now, what some of them have done have put these target date fund. So it says, okay, target date fund 2025. That means you're you're going to want to retire in 2025. So they're going to scale back maybe the, the mutual funds that have a lot of stock in them and put them into bonds as you go along. So it's supposed to, quote, be less risky as you move ahead. Well, bonds still have risk and stocks have risk. And just because you're putting more money into bonds doesn't mean you're really technically reducing the amount of risk you have. Interest rates go up, those bond funds are going are gonna to tank. But they are, quote, within that fiduciary, if you will, responsibility, that they're a diversified portfolio. They've got all these different funds. And what we find, if you delve deeper, a lot of fund companies or these 401k companies put these target date funds together, and the mutual fund company shoves in one of their worst-performing let's say, mid-cap growth uh, fund right, in there. Right. And instead of them closing that fund down, they'll just stick it into a target date fund to get more funds into it, as opposed to stopping it and merging it because it's that's kind of a pain for the mutual fund company. So what you find is not a lot of good performing, not saying all of them are, but they'll give you seven or eight different large cap growth funds. Well, people don't know what to put their money in. Right. And so what they they end up doing is going, oh, okay, I've heard that name before. I've seen it on TV. I'll pick that. Right. Well, that's just that's just not the way to do it. So unfortunately, there's not a lot of advice that goes along with it as well. That also hurts because then the the people coming out every quarter or annually, semi-annually, whenever they do it for enrollments, they really don't tell you what you got to put it in. They don't do a they say go to the website and People don't want to do that. Right. right. Well, to your point, though, so if we're talking about some 401k places where it has some weaknesses, you mentioned mid cap or just the large cap, you know, limited asset classes is kind of one of those weaknesses. They tend to have the large and the mid and the small, but they don't give you a lot of other options outside that, like commodities and so on and so forth. That's right. And the reason for that is they don't want to put too much of an option out there of risk. So, People don't really understand commodities. They don't understand real estate. So they try to limit it to what people are aware of. You know, they know, most people know the big companies and so on. So they put them out there. But it's interesting. I There was a plan I did for a client or I looked at a plan for a client. And believe it or not, when you put small cap growth, those are small companies into a plan, it actually reduces what we call the risk. It actually just reduces the risk. It's counterintuitive. You have small companies going into your plan that you would think would be more risk. But in actuality, 
And statistically, it actually lowers the risk. Well, this particular plan had one small cap stock fund in it, one. And then when I did an analysis on this Morningstar X-ray report, most of the small cap fund had large cap stocks in it. Okay, right. Gotcha. So you don't get any of the diversification. You think you're getting a small cap because that's it's the name. But in actuality, when you delve deep in and see what they're owning, they own maybe 10% in small cap stocks. Okay. Interesting. So you got to be very careful when you're doing that. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, again, we're, we're talking about exposing some 401k weaknesses, if you will, here on the podcast, The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. So, Steve, I guess maybe a final piece to think about is just the... I don't know, the subpar conservative investment options there. I mean, there might be a couple of funds in there. What's a like a stable value fund? We'll hear about that. Well, Talk a stable about value fund is nothing more than basically a money market fund. Okay. It's not going to get much return. It's going to be just basically flat. It's almost going to be like cash gotcha. going forward. Let me, I'll just give you what my philosophy is sure. on this. When you're saving for retirement, and even when you're in retirement, there's a great quote uh, from Nick Murray who's kind of the guru of for us investment advisors. He's got some great tips and books and things, but he says, look, you always want to be an owner, not a loner. Okay. And that means you want to own stocks over time because that's going to keep up with taxes and inflation. You really don't want to be a loner and that's owning bonds because bonds are going to do nothing but provide very little return and they're going to provide oh, interest, if you will, below inflation. So you really want to stay closer to owning equities, big companies, small companies, medium-sized companies, maybe a little bonds, but not much. So that's where you can get around some of these returns on these 401ks. Now, one other thing I want to point out here, I want to make this, uh, say this, there is in almost every 401k TSP plan, 457-403B plan, a provision that allows people who are 59 and a half and older to move money out of that retirement plan into their own self-directed IRA. No taxes, no fees. They can continue to contribute and receive match on their 401k, but they can take control of that money and move it out to their own IRA. And as I said, I do that all the time because of what we're talking about here. The cost, the subpar investments, the mutual funds, you're limited to what they have. This way, when you move it out and have your own self-directed IRA, you can d- put it in anything that you want. Yeah, your options are definitely w- more wide right. open. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Well, that's our main topic today here on the program. So if you've got some questions about 401, your 401k, uh, again, as Steve said, he does this all the time. Make sure you reach out to him, give him a call, have a conversation with him. Actually, you can receive a complimentary retirement edge process if you want to, where they're going to cover some of the, uh, a lot of the basis and give you that edge in retirement. And you can find out more information about that by simply giving him a call at 913-685-3207. That's 913-685-3207. Or go to the website at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. And speaking of the website, we have an email question that came in that I'm going to ask you here on the program. It's from Angie in Overland Park. And she says, Steve, I haven't found a long-term care policy that I like. Are they all this expensive? Uh, and yes, they are. <laughs> I do a lot of workshops and, and I'm talking to people who are coming in and they all know, I mean, statistically, we all know, they know that there's a high chance that somebody, a couple, is going to be needing assistance, whether in the home or in a, in a facility. 
Mm-hmm. And the numbers tell the, the truth. I mean, a couple 65 years old, there's better than a 70% chance one of them is going to live into their mid-90s and one of them is going to need care at some point in their life. It's seven $8,000 a month to have that care. So what has happened, she is absolutely right. These long-term care policies have become expensive. Here's the reason. The insurance companies cannot underwrite that somebody is not going to have a stroke, have some type of dementia or Alzheimer's, or have some type of debilitating health issue 10, 15 down years down the line. So what happens is they may go in as a preferred risk, and then two or three years later, something happens. And that happened to a couple of my clients. Both were preferred risk at the time, and about four years later, both had one had a stroke. Both of them had strokes. One was a severe stroke. The other one was pretty severe, but the insurance company ended up having to pay. And so what's happened is they're not able to underwrite that. They're also, the interest rates are so low. So what a lot of companies have done is they've raised their rates up and basically said, if you really want it, here's the price. And if you don't, that's fine with us because we, we really just don't want to take, a lot of companies have stopped writing it, you know, MetLife, John Hancock, a lot of these companies. So- What options are available? Insurance companies are very resourceful. There's something called asset-backed long-term care. And in a nutshell, what it says is you move money from your left pocket to your right pocket. That money goes into your right pocket, and it is there to cover you if you have a long-term care situation. There is a death benefit that if you die, there's a value that's going to go to your family. And lastly, more importantly, if you don't need it, you want your money back at any time, you can get your money back. So basically, it's like moving money from your left pocket to your right pocket to help offset a potential long-term care situation. That is what a lot of people are using right now to get around this expensive part because a lot of people don't want to buy it because what if I don't use it? I've just thrown all that money away. Right. So the big one I would say to Angie is you need to look at what's called asset-backed long-term care. There are a variety of different designs of that, but that is the best alternative to a traditional long-term care policy. All right, Angie. Well, thank you so much for submitting that question. And that's going to do it for this week here on a podcast of the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. As I mentioned, don't forget when you're at the website, wealthpartnerskc.com, you can click on the tab for radio podcast. You'll see the podcast option and you can check out past episodes as well as don't forget to subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcast, Google Play, uh, iHeart, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, all sorts of different options out there. So make sure you do that as well and you will get updates about upcoming podcasts and things of that nature. Steve, thanks for your time, my friend. I hope you have a great one and be careful with all that moving. Sounds good. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time right here on The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.